Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 29th of October, 2022 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Well, we've finally had a wee bit of autumnal weather. For those of you outside of Hong Kong, that means the temperatures dipped below 27 degrees more than once. It's been nice to get some fresh winds with cooler and drier air blowing through this fine city. Today, as we wander through the cooler temperatures, we'll be listening to three stories from Jen, who told them at our January Turn June show that had the theme Reveal. Jen pitched for something a wee bit different than our usual story, because she felt these stories weren't complete long-form stories, but were still something that most teachers and students could relate to. She's not wrong. Before we get to Jen's stories, though, a huge thank you goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We hear you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. Thanks go out to our international listeners as well. This week, especially to listeners in Rosalaire in Belgium, Kuching in Malaysia, and Thrissur in India. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Heads up for the next show coming up on the 20th. 3rd of November, too, and back at our favorite venue of the Fringe Club. This show will be hosted by Madeline and has the theme, Say What? Tickets for this show will be on sale soon with links on the website, hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with three stories from a show with the theme, Reveal, here is Jen. So 30 years ago, I was a university student in Ottawa, Canada, and I was putting myself through university, so I had a part-time job as a receptionist at an office. I only worked a couple of shifts a week because I really wanted to focus on my studies, take as many classes as I could, and not drag out the degree. Unfortunately, having very little work meant having very little money, and I was always short of cash. One day I arrive at work having used the last bit of change in my wallet, and I'm facing the prospect of a walk home, a 40-minute walk home at the end of my shift in Ottawa winter, minus 20-degree weather. When I'm not stressing out about the walk home, I'm wondering how I'm going to keep myself fed for the next week until the next payday, because at home I'm down to my last half bag of rice, some soy sauce, and some raisins left over from baking. I was the youngest one in the office. I really was the only student, and I really just didn't feel comfortable asking other people for a loan. But I think that I I thought that I'd found my solution. In the receptionist desk at the front, in the bottom drawer, was where the company kept their petty cash drawer. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up, okay? It's going to... I worked all alone in that front office, so there was nobody there to see me slip in, grab a 20, and pocket it. It only took seconds, but my heart was pounding. I swear I was going to pay it back the next payday. The next time I come into work, there's an impromptu staff meeting. They call us all together, and the general manager says, so we've discovered there's some cash missing from the petty cash drawer. I drop my gaze to the table and my heart starts pounding again. 
And so we just wanted to let us know that they have a camera installed in the front office to keep an eye on the petty cash drawer um, to see who goes in and out. At this point, I start sweating. I'm crimson. I think, when did that camera get installed? My skin feels all prickly, and I'm sure everybody must be staring at me. Am I going to get fired at the middle of a staff meeting? I am terrified, but I look up to see if anyone's looking at me. Nobody's looking at me. Everybody's still looking at the manager, who continues with, so last night we caught the overnight cleaners pulling open the drawer and cleaning out the petty cash, so uh, we've let them go, but we just thought it would be a good reminder for everybody that uh, we don't have complete control over whoever comes in the office, so it's not a good idea to keep valuables in your desk. And that's it. Oh, I am stunned as I walk back to my desk. Not only did I not get caught, but now I don't have to pay the money back. (laughs) But it did scare me straight. I've never been able to steal because even just the thought of taking something that isn't mine, and I relive that moment of shame when I almost got caught. And besides, I don't think I'd ever get that lucky twice. As an English teacher, I'm always trying to ignite my students' passion for English. I don't want them to just repeat stories or repeat dialogues out of a textbook. I want them to use English spontaneously and enjoy it. So I often use idioms with them because that kind of gets them interested. And one time with a group of teenagers, I thought I'd hit the jackpot. I taught them the phrase, on cloud nine, and they loved it. They were using it all the time in their classroom. They were using it spontaneously on their break times. And they were using it in all of their writing. Well, at least they were trying to use it in their writing. I got one story from a young man who was trying to use it, but instead he ended up writing to me that his character was on cow nine. (laughs) I thought that was kind of cute. So, you know, being the age I am, I Facebooked it. And instantly, I got a message from a Cantonese-speaking friend who says, you know what that means in Cantonese, right? I did not. So he messaged back and explained that the phrase on cloud nine, or especially when you say it as on cow nine, in English sounds a lot like a Cantonese phrase for calling someone a fucking moron. And then I thought back to those spontaneous ways that my students were using this. Hey, Kevin, are you on cloud nine? I'm not, you are. Oh, not me. Maybe Keith. Keith, are you on cloud nine? Leave me alone. Turns out, I was the one who was on cloud nine. So it was the end of the school day, and I was walking down the stairs to go back to the staff room. I could see three boys hanging out on the floor, waiting for their friends to come out of class. I taught these boys. I knew them, so I waved hello. They ignored me. Sometimes teachers are invisible. In fact, what they were doing was looking at the person who was coming up from the other direction on the stairs. Now, 
there was a brick wall between the two parts of the stairwell. So the boys on the floor could see both of us, but we couldn't see each other. I only knew for sure that there was someone on that other part of the stairwell because I could hear the pounce as they were bounding up the stairs and then a shout. Surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> Excuse me? I'd been teaching for about 10 or 12 years in Hong Kong at that point, and I had never heard kids use language that foul in my class. In English, anyway. <laughs> so I look at these boys who are now suddenly very aware of me. I have gone from invisible to neon. Two of them look terrified, like they're just going to be in trouble for having heard the word. But the third boy was remarkably calm. He turned for me back to his friend on the stairs and said, surprises for you, here have teacher. And I reached the bottom of the stairs at that point and turned and looked around the corner into the face of a 12-year-old boy in full panic. His eyes were glued to me as I dismissed his friends and invited him to have a seat with me so that we could talk. And I could confirm that he had now learned the lesson that it's important to be sensitive to your surroundings at all times. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast is written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>